Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 239. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about first line and second line gear uh, as it pertains to a responsibly armed citizen in a home defense type scenario. Yeah. Um, this is not setting up Navy SEALs to do over the beach operations. Yeah. Um, this is not setting up Army Rangers to do mountainous stuff in Afghanistan or take an airfield or anything else. or anything like that yeah. um, we're not concerned with being able to jump out of airplanes yeah. uh, or swim or yeah yeah then there may be some analogies that can be drawn between this and maybe law enforcement gear as well yeah if you're a cop you know here in central Ohio or in the United States um, you know maybe some of the there may be some overlap here with that kind of conversation as well uh, guys this conversation comes directly from your request we've had a number of customers in here um over the last probably month or two um this is a few weeks post october 7th israel being invaded by hamas uh, attacked by hamas um and so people are coming in and there there's some weirdness going on in the world there's some uh anti-semitic behavior some jihadi type behavior days of jihad stuff like that we mentioned some of this in our last podcast or last two podcasts just briefly yeah um so the world's gotten a little bit weird and uh, a lot of people talking about armor, wanting to get armor, and and like a lot of other things, like bulking up on ammo, uh, like buying a really good rifle and getting it kitted out. The time to do that was last year. Um, uh, armor with a war going on in Ukraine and with everything blowing up, pardon the pun, but in in the West Bank and Gaza and Israel, um, armor has gotten kind of hard to get. Um, and then to add to that, uh, one of our local vendors in Ohio um, is under investigation by the Bureau of Criminal Investigation for the State of Ohio. And so one of the companies that was selling armor is no longer selling armor, and they were, they were a pretty significant vendor. Um, and I don't want to get into the details of that because it's simply not my place. Uh, read up on it, but uh, Shotstop Armor is currently under investigation, and that's not to pick on them, just to let you know. Um, one of our other vendors here in Central Ohio, unfortunately, doesn't sell to the civilian population. They only sell to law enforcement and military uh, based on contracts generally, so I'm not even going to bring up the name. Um, finding good armor, you're looking for something with a good brand name on it, and I can recommend some companies that sell armor um, you know, to take a look at, but if you go online and start Googling armor, the biggest concern for me is that there's so much crap out there. Yeah. Um, you, know, you can go out there and you can you know, Google armor, and you're going to come up with, um, all these really cool videos, um, and, and I don't, I guess I don't want to throw certain cultures under the bus, but there's this thing around certain like prior service military dudes, and I own a company and I sell armor, and you should buy it for me because um, I was in the army, and that's a good enough reason. And I'm yep. selling you steel plates that have, I don't know, truck bed liner and old diapers used as something to catch spalling and stuff like that. Um, and so there's a little bit of that culture of, you know, on prior service where I was a cop for 20 years and now I'm selling this stuff and it's the best stuff ever. And look at our testing. We went out in Bubba's backyard and shot it and see, nobody died. Um, when you look into NIJ standards and NIJ specifications, which is where you should be looking, National Institute of Justice, um, uh, if, if you're a manufacturer of armor and you send them enough units to sample to test, they will test them and they'll either pass or fail you on certain NIJ specifications. So you'll see things like level three, level four, level four standalone, special threat issuances and stuff like that. Um, three plus different, so all these things are thrown around out there. As you're looking at armor, you're looking for the term NIJ certified level four, NIJ certified level four standalone. 
NIJ certified level three, not tested to these specs. And I hate to say that as an absolute because there are companies out there that are doing the testing protocols the same or very similarly to what NIJ is doing, but sending a pallet of plates to the NIJ to have them shoot them up and test them is a very expensive conversation. But the concern is, are you gonna get in a situation where somebody's not doing it properly um, or not doing it at all, or buying some other plate from China and putting other specifications on it, things of like that, or putting their, their label on it, and you don't know what the specs are. Or not do it, doing it once and then not doing you know, random lot, samples lot for testing. batches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so please be very, very careful. Um, you know, buying armor. Again, I'm not, I, I don't want to throw out brand names and stuff like that because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, nor do I want to back somebody that, that, you know, I can't say today is doing as good a work as they were 10 years ago. Uh, but there are some standards in the industry that you will trip over on a regular basis. So having said that all specifically kind of as a PSA about the current state of armor in the industry, because that's what people are asking for, um, it's available out there, but you're going to pay a lot more for it. The plates you could have purchased as a set for 400 bucks probably two, three, four years ago, over the last two, three, four years, are now going to cost you three, $400 per plate. Um, and they're extremely scarce as well. They're not just more expensive, they're hard to find. So as you're out there shopping around, you know, just be careful, uh, take your time, do your due diligence, do some research, maybe stop in the shop and have a conversation with us. I'm just reluctant to throw anybody under the bus and or validate anybody um, in such a wide ranging forum, uh, you know, but would love to have the conversation. Having said all that, how do you carry them? In a plate carrier. Bingo, so that we can help you with. Uh, we have plate carriers in the shop currently from uh, HRT Tactical. Uh, we have some heavy duty stuff like the HRAC. Uh, we have some lightweight, I might have said that backward, the HRAC and the LBAC from the guys at HRT Tactical. They do a big heavy duty go to war rig, and then they do a fairly lightweight, good civilian, low profile rig that you could keep a slim as you want or you could scale it um, hrt also does a number of panels that attach to their plate carriers and others um, some are set up already set up for sub guns some are set up for 308 guns some are set up for 556 guns uh, some are set up with more with like maybe law enforcement in mind where they might have a couple rifle mags a couple pistol mags and then some ancillary pouches for other stuff um, they also do a shotgun panel and different things of that nature um, that are all very, very well made. Um, and it's a local company, not just an Ohio company, but a Columbus company. Um, full disclosure, some of their stuff is stitched outside the U.S. Um, and at the price point that they're selling it at and the quality they're selling it at, I don't think you're going to find USA-made stuff at that same price point. Uh, they are currently working on some of their new products are in-house manufactured here in Columbus. And then some others are being stitched um, at some places that make products for some other really high-end manufacturers. Um, you know, just if you need barrier amendment compliant or it's got to be USA made, then you're probably looking some other places. Uh, for now, that is changing. Keep an eye on that over the next few months, though, because they're definitely bringing some stuff in-house. Um, the Grey Ghost, or Grey Ghost Gear, Grey Ghost Precision, Grey Ghost Gear would be the plate carrier into things. Uh, Grey Ghost does some really nice minimalist stuff, too. We tend to keep those around. The price point's very good on those products. If you're looking for an inexpensive way to get in with a generic plate carrier that'll run sappy, swimmer cut, doesn't really yeah. matter. Um, you're good to go there. Uh, the Grey Ghost stuff is just modular enough that you can load it up with extra mags and stuff like that if you want to. Um, or you can keep it slick and as well keep it, you know, kind of on the DL or concealable or whatever you might be looking at. 
Um, their carriers uh, are very well made and very slick. There's just not a lot to them, and it's kind of nice. Yeah, I run one of the Grey Goose Minimalists with the Rogue um, training weight plates in it for okay. doing workout stuff. Yeah. And I've beat it up a good bit over the last year. Um, still looks brand new. Yeah, held up well. You know, yeah. good good materials, well stitched, well made. Um, I don't, I can't speak to the sourcing of their stitching, who's making their stuff or where it's being made, but I would be super surprised at the price point if it's USA made or very amendment compliant. Pretty but, sure their stuff's made overseas. Yeah, but it's good quality stuff. Uh, yeah. It's good quality material <clears throat> sewn well. So, uh, and again, if you're trying to break into this conversation, you know, we start, we, we talked a little bit at the beginning, if you're a, a concerned citizen looking at getting into this um, versus, you know, a military loadout for somebody who's, you know, going to do, you know, patrol work and stuff like that. It's a different beast. Uh, so that's why we're talking generally about minimalist type situations yeah. or minimalist type hardware here. Um, most of these carriers are slick. So you could throw a hoodie or a jacket over them, uh, flannel shirt, something like that. And, and most, most of the cattle walking around aren't going to notice that you're wearing anything under it unless they bump into you or actually stop to look. Um, you know, kind of nice, again, for being in a weird world. If you want with most of these as well, you can add additional pouches and or panels or backpacks and different things like that, hydration pouches, etc. So if you wanted to scale it up for a training event where you wanted to have your hydration pouch on you or a couple extra mags on you so you're not constantly going back to the, the table, the house, the truck, the whatever yeah. to reload stuff, um, in that environment, you can scale these things up and down very well. We mentioned that, especially with the HRT stuff. Um, HRT is also doing some really brilliant stuff along with Haley Strategic as a separate vendor. They're doing some panels that are H harnesses. And for those of you that were in the military back, you know, all the way through the 1990s, um, the, you know, you know what an H harness is and you're kind of laughing right now. Um, the H harness never went away. The H harness is still a legitimate thing. Um, Haley Strategic is doing some really cool sewn pouches and then some panels that are modular uh, that are they're H harnesses. There's just no two ways about it, uh, yeah. but they're just well thought out. Um, and most of these rigs for civilian use are more than you're ever going to need. For law enforcement use are more than you're ever going to need, um, but would be a lightweight rig for a military dude probably. Yeah, definitely more on the reconnaissance side. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. In that, know, interesting, right? Travis yeah. Haley. Huh. Interesting. So. Yeah, being able to move move very lightweight, um, there's advantages there. Yeah. On the civilian side, um, yeah, it's not as sexy as wearing armor or having armor. Yeah. Um, but if you're able to move around and not have a heart attack um, from carrying ex extra 15 pounds, yeah, uh, there might be an advantage to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we always talk about you know from a training perspective, stability shooting a rifle. The, the least mobile positions are the most stable positions. Your mobility with your gear, the lightest gear is probably gonna be the gear you move best in and being able to move might mean not getting shot. <laughs> it might mean not being where the gunfight is happening and it might mean maybe being able to move off the X quickly enough to not get buzzed. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, armor's great, but it's also small and it doesn't protect you everywhere. So um, some of these lightweight minimalist rigs are also very nice to train in. Um, again, you know, most of this kind of training, most folks are doing this stuff over the summer. Um, when it's 90 degrees, 95 degrees, hot, humid, throwing on a plate carrier and then throwing on an H harness over it does give you scalability. But, but the armor itself is very, very hot, very confining. And if you can shed the armor and train in the H harness or in your carriage system without the armor, yeah. um, it's definitely a lot more comfortable. Is it, is it PT? No, not as much. 
um, but it lets you know where all your gear is and you can work out of the same pouches in roughly the same positions. The one thing it's not doing to you is choking you out like armor will. Um, if armor's fitted properly, you start getting in oddball positions, armor sucks. And that is one reason you should be putting it on a training with is to make sure you can mount your gun, uh, deal with other tools, toys, etc., and just move around in general. Uh, you want to have some fun? Uh, go find a ladder and put on your plate carrier. Go, yeah. go climb a ladder with your plate carrier loaded out and see if you can actually do it. And then go find one of those uh, Viking Tactics or VTAC boards. Those, uh, the, the yeah, the stair-step walls. Yeah, the stair-step walls. And try and shoot through one of those with your plate carrier. Um, and you'll find out what needs adjusted and what doesn't. So, um, But yeah, you know, these H harnesses, uh, we talk about the, the, the Haley Strategic products. We have those in-house. Um, just really well made. Uh, they do a couple panels, but then most of what they do is sewn specific to the system. So it's sewn for a sub gun, or it's sewn for a heavy, like a 7.62 uh, by 51 magazine weapon. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking like a SCAR heavy, or, or a M110, or, or whatever, th whatever 308 gun you want to yeah. run. Um, and then they do, down the middle too, they do a lot of 5.56 stuff, but they do different, different products within that that are more and less then you may or may not need whatever. Um, along with that, the HRT tactical stuff, they do some similar stuff where you can buy the panel and then buy the H harness. That same panel can go on your plate carrier or on your H harness, or you can throw your H harness over your plate carrier if it's expedient, do whatever you need to do. Um, the Halo Strategic stuff is also modular. It can be attached to a lot of different plate carriers and other load carriage systems. So if you, again, if you want to train in a lightweight Haley Strategic or a lightweight HRT H harness, that's awesome. If you want to then throw it on your armor or on something else to make it work, or work it with a backpack, because some of the lightweight backpacks, uh, like the flat packs from Haley that we carry too, yeah. you can attach it to a flat pack. Um, I've got some Camelback stuff that I've attached. Um, some of the 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 uh, carriage systems, the modular systems up front, the panels. I've attached those to like a Camelback hydration pouch um, just for the day on the range and it's pretty easy to rig that stuff up and then put it back, you know, make Humpty Dumpty hole again later on. Uh, but definitely some good options there. Um, th this is a huge, huge, huge topic so we're just kind of scratching the surface, kind of letting people know, hey, if you're just getting into this or you're just tuning in, here's probably what you're looking for is a great way to start. Not that there aren't other options and not that you can't go bigger or lighter, for sure. Yeah, one of the other Big considerations is figuring out in advance what you need to have on your rig. What? Because uh, in this this case, the mission really does drive the gear train. Uh, to quote from Pat Rogers way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as a civilian, you know, normal circumstances, if you can have maybe two rifle mags, yeah. You know, a flashlight, a med kit, um, a bottle of water, yeah. Uh, maybe a pistol mag or a multi-tool or a fixed blade knife. Yeah. you're probably good yeah um at the same time you know looking at some of the stuff over in israel having 12 mags two med kits uh, yeah and yeah. comms um, and, and that may be you know, the and that and having yeah. that in a backpack yeah. and maybe more of like a third line yeah go bag yes. is important too yeah. um yeah really trying to figure out you know what the gears what the mission is and then having the gear to not only sustain the fight, but also to sustain you yes, uh, is really important. Yeah. So, and, and I can't echo that enough. The scalability of these systems, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going back 20 years ago. Um, 
uh, John Willis original SOE was building frog rigs for the Navy SEALs in the late 80s and early 90s and building these enormous rigs that were stitched they were they were literally bomb proof I mean I don't and I don't mean to be disrespectful saying this in any way shape or form but literally dudes were getting shot up and hurt and the rigs were getting passed on to the next guy because they were still viable and functional um, you know and that kind of stuff was awesome for those guys doing that thing uh, but they weren't scalable, and so much of what's out there now is completely scalable. And, and the Willis stuff, he makes stuff that's scalable too, if you're chasing you know, original SOE stuff. Um, but the scalability is what's really nice. You can train in something lightweight, or you can train heavy with it, and when it's time to go, you can put as much or as little on as you want, depending on your where you're living and what you have to deal with and what threats you perceive. Because part of this may be that if you throw on a plate carrier and all your cool guy Arcteryx leaf shit and put your knobs on your helmet and go walking around, you're the nail sticking up that's gonna get hammered most quickly versus if you throw on your plate carrier slick over a Carhartt jacket and throw a couple mags in your pocket and maybe sling your gun under your coat or just carry your handgun, maybe a lot better way to live life depending on what's going on around you. Yeah. So that's the nice thing about the scalability of this. Um, the other thing I wanna throw out there real quick, along with this stuff, when you start putting on armor, Take a look at your belt system. Um, you know, a lot of your pants and civilian pants type belts and stuff like that when you're carrying a sidearm with armor, um, make sure everything plays well together. I really like the idea of the guy who just grabs his, whatever his daily wear stuff is and can throw a plate carrier on and train with it because that may be what you have to do is grab the plate carrier and go uh, because you had to run home from work early because whatever's going on, you know, it's like, oh crap, we're shutting things down and we're gonna get out of Dodge. Maybe you're going home and grabbing this stuff and throwing it on right now because you don't know what's up or how close or how far the threat is. Having your first line be how you live is great if you can do it, but then also looking at a secondary first line system. That doesn't make any sense, a secondary first line system. Having an alternate first line system, how about that? Um, yeah. Having an alternate first line system that maybe is a little more go to war, um, that gives you you know a little bit of ammo, um, your your handgun, whatever kind of stuff, your a spare med kit, some additional med kit items, that kind of thing, maybe a tourniquet, whatever. Um, setting up that that alternate call it first line heavy, first yeah. line you know kind of thing. Think and, bat belt for cops. Yeah, and to get to the 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 battle belt um, for a home defense setup. Is actually really functional, yeah. Because um, a good battle belt um, in today's, ah, yeah, in today um, being the end of 2023, um, towards the beginning of 2024, you know, you don't need to have like a real pants or belt or anything underneath it. True. True. Um, you know, so if you hear it's the you hear something go bump in the night, you can grab the battle belt, click it, and go. And I think if you're you know if you're like me and you're a 52 year old chubby guy. There will be nothing scarier to a bad guy than a naked 52-year-old chubby guy, except he's got a war belt on and a rifle, um, screaming, hi-ho, silver, curry coming at you, you know, would be a super frightening thing to have to deal with. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that out loud. It's frightening just thinking about it. <laughs> Those of you who had to hear that, I apologize in advance. Um, you will never get that vision out of your eyes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, having something you can click on quickly and go do work with might, might actually matter. Um, trying to get into a plate carrier in a hurry is, is, not, is nowhere near impossible. The guy's trained to do it, but it takes a lot more work than just throwing a belt around your waist, whether it's in your underwear, your PJs, or whatever, yeah. going on. So um, yeah. yeah, the H harnesses are usually even more confusing, especially in the dark. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you can get yeah. them on, but they can be twisted around. It may be functional to wear. It may not be comfortable, but you can figure it out when the lights come on kind of conversation. Uh, but the belt's just easy. You throw it on, yeah. click it, and go. Um, and it almost doesn't matter what kind of clothing you're in or lack thereof. So um, the belt stuff, we do have uh, the new HRT belts. They have a really cool system that's got like a, a, a carbon fiber type liner um, in the belt that gives you some rigidity. Um, and then they also can, you can run it with or without a liner belt. So set it up however you want to set it up. Um, but a really neat system. Uh, and again, very scalable. Something you could probably throw on under a windbreaker or a wind cheater kind of jacket or a lightweight jacket. And again, if you didn't jock it up too much, I don't know how, how noticeable it would be. And, and that's not to say there aren't other really good systems out there as well. Uh, there's a lot of really good options, you know, chase them down and see. Um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of we've gone down the first line and second line as civilians. We've gone down this road a number of times and revamped a number of times. And, and the industry hasn't like had any paradigm shifts or any massive changes in what's available. Matter of fact, it's a lot of the same stuff being recycled from maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. But it's being modernized in such a way to make it more comfortable, more functional, probably more durable better materials, yep. better manufacturing, um, and then more modular, again, back to the modularity end of it. So, you know, there's a ton of options out there. If you if you haven't done this and someone's in this podcast, come talk to us. If you've done this over and over again, maybe it's time for that fourth or fifth generation where you're setting something new up. You know, keep what you got running, come pick up another belt, start playing with it, and go from there. And just see if there's anything out there that's going to make you go, wow, this is actually better and worth spending money on. So, yeah. 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 Um, it, it like I said, nothing, nothing earth shattering, no paradigm shifts, just some new stuff that's better made, a little more comfortable, a little more well thought out, a little more a little modular, lighter weight, and lighter, and still yeah, super durable and reliable. Yeah, good call. That's definitely the case. A lot of this yeah. is a lot lighter than what was out five years ago, and a hell of a lot lighter than what was out 20, 30 years ago. So, your old H harness was probably canvas. Um, and was heavy enough and, and, and would rot, tear, etc. would dry rot in storage and stuff like that and just wait a bunch and then if you got it wet it was ridiculous. Um, some of this new stuff is made out of nylon that's ridiculously durable, very, very lightweight um, and, and is going to be around probably long into the next millennia. So Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, on that note, as we come across interesting things, we do try to get them post up to our social media. You can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters 2. On our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Um, also on the website, you can sign up for our email newsletter or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. We will happily add you to the newsletter list. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We are in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. We are here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and then Saturdays, 10 to 3, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Try the Pollo Loco fajitas at Louis. They're awesome. Thanks for tuning in.